Chapter 5 of Audubon's Western Journal, 1849-1850, by John Woodhouse Audubon. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 5. Through Arizona to San Diego. September 14th. Leaving Altar on the 10th, we crossed a desert-like plain or prairie for many miles to the Rancho La Zone, as usual a miserable cluster of mud jacals and surly Mexican vaqueros, but we did not care for that. We bought and killed one of their cattle, paying four dollars for it. The next day the seller returned and asked seven, which we refused. On the lagoon near here we found the American Avocet, long-billed curlew, and Canada crane. I thought I saw the sand hill, but it was so far off I could not be certain. The red-shafted woodpecker is seen daily, and many small birds new to me, but not so abundant as two hundred miles behind us. The soil of this country is beautiful in many places, but the want of water and timber renders it difficult to live here. The government is feeble, and desolation and poverty show that better days have been seen. Tomorrow we start westward at 4 a.m. for our march to the Colorado. How we shall get through the twenty leagues with almost no water or grass I do not know, but it must be done. Some of the men, hearing the rattle of the snake of that name in a small bunch of mesquite and cactus, took shovels to dig him out, and after clearing away the brush, soon found the holes the snakes live in. At about two feet down they came to a tolerably large female, which had in her nest nine young, beautiful little creatures about a foot long. They had great courage and coiled and struck with fury at anything placed near them." September 17, near Papagos Villages. Last night, as for many preceding evenings, we sat down to our supper of bread and water, our sugar, coffee, and all other matters culinary having been used up, and the country affords no game. We all felt the want of coffee or meat after being up from 5 a.m. to 7 p.m., but we shall, I hope, soon be through this desolate country." Four days since, one of the party killed the largest and finest buck antelope I ever saw, and we expected a treat, but it was like the meat of a poor two-year-old beef, hardly so good. We found the horns of a Rocky Mountain sheep and of the black-tailed deer, but none have been killed or even seen as yet. The little water holes we came to were filled with animalculi and contained many turtles and snakes and a few frogs and toads. For lizards, this country cannot be surpassed. One little beauty with a banded tail runs before us and across our path by dozens. It makes frequent stops and each time curls its tail on its back and waves it gently four or five times most gracefully, finally retreating to some hole in the sand or to a thicket of cactus which abounds. We have met no Indians of the old Aztec race. Fifty Papagos would count all we have seen, and they are fast passing away, judging from the dilapidation of the towns and the numbers of empty houses. The people live on turtles and what game they can get. I have seen some elk and antelope skins dressed, and terrapin shells are everywhere. We have bought two terrapin fresh killed, some roots, and the fruit of a plant like the maguey. We have seen one or two fine horses, small but well-formed, ridden with only a rope around the neck. Others had saddles. All the men ride lightly and well. 
we came to some of their burial mounds and saw the kettles and culinary articles of this poor people left for the dead to aid them on their journey to the happy hunting grounds prepared for them by the great spirit they are happy in their faith and with no dissenting voices about this method of salvation or that at one place just after leaving the second rancho of papago indians on september eighteenth we crossed what might certainly be called a part of the desert strips of red gravel a mile or two long and two or three hundred yards wide were frequently crossed and other strips looking like dried parched-up white clay the mountains are very irregularly formed and of a blackish stone looking in the distance almost purple i tried to take some sketches but could not make time on september nineteenth i procured two specimens of the dipodomis philipsii the red tail and marsh hawks are abundant and ravens are seen as well as buzzards from time to time we find many mounds of the dipodemus philipsii and prairie dog or some other marmot but they are so shy that we have not killed one yet we picked up yesterday horns of the rocky mountain sheep and the papagos tell us they are found in plenty in the mountains around us september twenty first the last village we passed of these indians was situated on a large prairie of miserably poor soil sandy and dry covered with a peculiar small-leaved plant containing a great deal of astringent gummy sap we found this only on the poorest of soils full of gravel and sand and always hail it with dislike though its taste a little of it is pleasant being slightly aromatic and yet in some way reminding one of baked apple why it is that these indians settle in such a country i cannot conceive for even the lizards in most places innumerable are scarce here the indians kill them with a light wand giving them a dexterous tap on the head they pick up the game question mark slip the head under a belt or string around their waist and when sufficient are collected a little fire is made and this delicate repast is enjoyed by them as an epicure would relish his brace of woodcock i am told that a sort of mush is made of grasshoppers which abound all over the country some of which are very beautiful the insects are caught and dried then pounded and mixed with what meal or pignol they have the pignol generally consists of parched wheat or corn spiced and pounded or ground dry on the metale the stone used by the mexicans for making the meal used for their tortillas the dish is considered quite a delicacy by both the indians and mexicans the man who told me this said he had tasted it found it pleasant and except for the idea a pretty good dish the horses of the indians here are very tolerable but they are spoiled by being ridden too young they use them steadily when two years old and i saw even colts with the hair of the tail still curly under boys fourteen or fifteen years of age the houses are cones four or five feet high and eight to fifteen feet across thatched in the rudest manner in front of nearly every one however there is a shade made by planting four poles and erecting on these a platform first of sticks and brush and finally earth on which some plants and grasses grow i saw one covered with a gourd vine falling in festoons and strings and bearing its hard fruit in profusion 
the pleasant verger looked very inviting as we rode by in the broiling sun two or three squaws were sitting under it on the palmetto mats coarsely made occupying themselves with their daily avocations some sewing on thin cotton stuff some preparing the food the women were generally large and square-faced with low foreheads and ugly mouths but fine eyes they are generally dark and very occasionally a fairly good-looking girl is seen we took an indian guide here and offered him first a dollar a day he took the money and held out his hand for more two men were with him one of whom asked what else would we give he was shown a half-worn shirt again he asked for more a white shirt was given him he looked at the shirts and the money and pointed to a bright butcher knife it was given to him he gave a smile of satisfaction jumped on his horse which stood ready beside him pointed out the road motioned ahead and galloped off to his own house some quarter of a mile distant two or three of our party followed him myself among the number and saw him lay his treasures down before his father and family he then put on the worn red shirt and with a low bow to all around him followed our company after a long and tedious ride over a gravelly prairie with many cacti mesquite and wild sage growing on it we passed between two ironstone mountains up a valley to a well of sulphur water which was also pretty well impregnated with salt where all took a drink and going over the next ridge camped in poor grass and took our animals back to water them at the well some of the mules drank five buckets of water one after the other the common shaker buckets and the average amount each animal drank may be put down at three and a half the want of water is the greatest privation you can give a mule as the flesh literally seems to dry off them and without water a mule will rapidly fall off from being a good-looking animal to a skeleton but good grass and water not too salt will in a week restore them wonderfully on our march today we came to a dry run what pennypacker calls a thunder-shower river and after digging four feet found better water than we had for some time we were all thirsty and drank of it freely i took two long draughts and in half an hour was ready for more and the poor mules had to be kept away by a guard some of these thunderstorm rivers rise so rapidly as to surround camps in less time than it takes to remove the provisions and other property and i was told by some of the parties we met near the gila that on the el paso route a party of general worth's train lost their baggage by just such floods as we have to look out for leaving this water-hole boggs and myself walked to the peaks of one of the conical mountains of ironstone which here surround the plains it was bluish black with heavy dashes of purple intermingled for yards at a time and looked like huge masses of earth that had been frozen and were just in the crumbling state which precedes thawing the view from the top was very grand but all the scenes we had as we ascended from the plain gave pleasure at first the broad prairie stretched west as far as the line of horizon a few feet higher on the mountain enabled us to see the conical heads of others and as we went higher and higher we saw hill after hill and mountain capped mountain and the straight line which formed our horizon at first was lost in the irregular one 
of peaks of the wildest character and desolation as we looked north round the entire country to north again our eyes surveyed miles of apparently waste barren country without wood water or animated nature one vulture alone sailed magnificently round us surveying us from a closer circle at every whirl he made his wings rustling as they glided past only a few feet from us we admired his grace and envied his power as we watched the sun go down and fancied that just beyond the hills we saw were the waves of the gulf of california we descended to camp in the evening shadows and made our meal of bread and water with good appetites september twenty second i remained behind this morning with one of the men to hunt up some missing mules so that the main party were some ten miles on the road ahead but we overtook them at nine that night and camped down without water or grass september twenty third daylight saw us on the march again and at twelve we found good grass and halted for four hours leaving at sundown for the gila expecting to reach it by daylight but our mules were so hungry we could not drive them and we encamped again without grass or water september twenty fourth at daylight again we were off and one o'clock brought us to the long-looked-for pimos valley with a rancho of one small house and a few broken-down mules however here we found water and a campground september twenty fifth off again as soon as light with ourselves and animals somewhat refreshed by a long day's rest plenty of corn water and melons before our arrival here we had looked forward with pleasure to meeting others from home travelling our road hoping to have news of comparatively late date as this valley is a sort of rendezvous but we have no more than we bring we pass and repass companies daily but since we find they have no news for us we go on with a single salutation as we came unexpectedly upon the wagon trail of the gila route an exclamation of joy came from almost every one and tired as we were we journeyed until night in better spirits than we had been in for some time the old chief of the pimos came out to see us and presented letters from colonel cook colonel graham and others recommending him as honest kind and solicitous for the welfare of americans i gave him three broken-down mules and some other trifles for which he seemed grateful but the extravagance of the americans who have passed through has made it difficult for any one to make reasonable bargains with either pimos or maricopas we had to give him a flannel shirt for a little over a peck of corn wheat or beans many who came to trade had already made up their minds only to do so for some particular article and in those cases it was not of the least avail to offer anything else sometimes they would refuse a flannel shirt in exchange for a couple of melons but by tearing the shirt into strips and sewing these together two or three times the value of the garment may be obtained as they are delighted with anything resembling a sash or bands for the head jewelry had no value to them fancy beads were worthless stone beads however they traded for eagerly but we had none red blankets and blue red flannel torn into long strips they preferred to anything though many of the women chose white shirts like all squaws they are very good-natured they are dressed in a cotton homemade zarape if wearing a garment fastened around the waist 
and leaving the whole upper part of the body exposed can be called dressed their hair is cut square across the forehead and worn not very long we found some weed in the grass here very injurious to our horses and mules i lost my mare here weed lost his and nearly all ran down so as to be scarcely fit for use having now four men without mounts i was persuaded to buy a wagon and harness complete as i could get one for twenty-five dollars the river bottom here forms a great flat which was i think once irrigated at all events it is cut up by a great many lagoons nearly all muddy but the water is not so salt in those that do not run as to be undrinkable in some places the water is so impregnated that as the water evaporates a cake of pure salt is deposited and the indians on being asked for it brought us five or six pounds in a lump it was pure white when broken but on the surface a sediment covered it the country is nearly flat and on the light sandy soil there is found grass in some places very sparse and thin and in the others pretty good no water but rain water and that at long distances apart we find on the few hills the columnar cactus in great abundance a great many of the same class of plants as on the rio grande and convolvuli without number they seem to live on dew the soil of the hills is rocky and indeed sometimes for miles chalky limestone takes the place of rock entirely october first the first rise as we enter the desert gives the view of the plain for a great distance and it seems one vast waste of twenty by a hundred miles the road is continuous clay and sand so impregnated with salt and other mineral matter deleterious to vegetation that sunflowers and salt grass and the accursed emblem of barrenness and sterility lauria mexicana creosote plant according to dr trask are all that are seen in the way of herbage in places the sunflowers are marvelously luxuriant and cover miles of the country and are from five to seven feet high the road cut through them being the only gap in their almost solid ranks the dust in this road is over the shoe-tops and rises in clouds filling eyes and almost choking us as we trudge along sore and jaded men horses mules cattle we stop at night after eight hours travel having made only fifteen or twenty miles often without food except by chance for our animals grass is only found in the good bends of the river which we may strike or may not october third left at eight in the morning and rode fifteen miles where we found water in some holes we had noticed a very heavy rain yesterday in this direction which had probably filled them we rode on until night when we camped until one in the morning when by the light of a full moon we repacked and started on for the river which we reached at eight in the morning resting here for four hours we started to make five miles or more necessity demanded our doing this to arrive at good grass passing along the sandy trail we saw hundreds of the plumed partridge the brown-headed i shot five in about ten minutes i could not delay longer as my fast-walking little mule was too jaded to put to the pain of going faster to catch up with the train 
these birds at this season seem to feed on the seeds of the pigweed which is now and then seen in patches of many acres putting one in mind of old potato fields the sandy desolation of the river bottom is beyond belief nothing but the sand hills of the carolina coast can compare with it october fifth a few cottonwoods and scrub willow with dried weeds and some sunflower plants make thickets here and there and this is all that is to be seen in the way of vegetation for about a hundred miles below the pimos villages which hundred miles we made in five days and are now thanks to a placard at the forks of the road across the far-famed gila in a sandy bottom of coarse swamp tufts which is better than nothing but our animals do not seem to like it much though they eat it in their starved condition the river here is a very rapid stream at this season about a hundred and fifty yards wide and from eighteen to twenty inches deep with very deep holes in places the bottom is shifting quicksand delightfully varied with drift logs put exactly where they can best trip up the mules as the water is like that of the mississippi below st louis you never see the logs until you are over them we look and long for gila trout and wild fowl but in vain i shot two blue wings and one of our men caught two little trout our road is garnished almost every league with dead cattle horses or oxen and wagons log chains and many valuable things are left at almost every camping ground by the travellers we ourselves have had to do the same to relieve our worn and jaded mules able now to carry only about a hundred pounds our personal effects amount to about one change each with our ammunition and arms all else discarded or used up or stolen opposite our camp about three miles from us is a hot spring of beautifully clear water it is so hot as to just be bearable we have now no thermometer and is tasteless night far on the prairie is always solemn but when in a doubtful country where one is uncertain as to the friendliness of the indians our watch became one of silence and caution we saw a long line of regularly placed fires burn up and hour after hour could see them flare up as fresh fuel was placed on them we had heard that captain thorne with a hundred immigrants was just behind us and we thought this might be his camp but when morning came and a long line of dark objects met my eyes as I left my tent, I wondered if they could be mules, so regular in their distances and march. I soon saw it was a procession of a hundred and fifty squaws, each carrying the provisions like a pack mule for her husband, who, hero-like, armed with spear, shield, and bow, proudly bore himself and his quiver made of wild cat, cougar or other skin full of arrows on to the wars of the maricopas and apaches so it was said probably the object was to assist the yumas against the americans of this we had no proof for all was quiet owing no doubt to the good effect produced by the appearance of the americans and the prompt shooting of a party of texans who had shot one or two yuma indians for not making the right landing such summary proceedings never occurred again we also heard that lieutenant coates said that he had been the main cause of the favorable change in the indians towards the americans especially on the part of the yumas 
we saw many of this tribe riding their horses with ropes in the animals mouths pads for saddles and ropes around the bodies in which they can slip their feet october fourteenth sixteen days of travel from the pimos village and such travel as please god i trust we may none of us ever see again brought us to within three miles of the gila if we thought ourselves badly off at altar we are much more reduced in every way than we were there the food poor monotonous and inefficient has been forced down simply to sustain life we have lost more mules of course our wagon delayed us at least ten miles a day and we left it after using it three days we were on the Kiviva for indians all the time lack of water and grass we have almost come to regard as inevitable truly we looked and are a forlorn spectacle and we feel i am sure worse than we look with all this there has been no useless complaining no murmuring and with all our privations greater than i care to enumerate or even to think about we are none of us ill though a good many feel the effects of their hardships and are weakened by them john stevens walked all the way from the last pimos village and declares he never felt better henry mallory bob layton and i have done almost as much walking and are perfectly well all along the road we have been told we could trade with the yumas here but a few pumpkins seemed to be all they had at this season and as our provisions were at the lowest ebb we left for the crossing of the colorado we had the use of a boat in the crossing which belonged to a mr harris who came from texas near houston it was really a large wagon body made into a scow and very useful we found it mr harris treated us with the greatest kindness and aided us with provisions to the best of his abilities and we most sincerely wished him and his amiable wife all happiness and comfort we found lieutenant commander coates most kind and hospitable with the aid of his sergeant's boat a wagon body caulked we crossed with everything in two days i found the indians who swam our mules the fastest and most powerful swimmers i ever saw being able to swim round the horses and guide them with readiness and facility that astonished us all they swim overhanded i could find no one willing to sell or trade horses and we are about to start on this much heard of and much dreaded desert having lost two mules which were drowned after the company had crossed they returned to drink and losing footing could not regain it and had not sufficient strength to battle against the current last evening i was invited to take supper with lieutenant coates which i greatly enjoyed for seldom have i eaten with such an appetite and i found the beefsteak excellent after being without meat for so long a time for some weeks we have had nothing but an occasional partridge meat in the accepted sense of the word we had only eaten twice since we left altar september twelfth to date october sixteen living on beans a little rice and as luck would have it sixteen pounds of flour we bought from mr stevenson at the hot springs lieutenant engineer whipple now making observations at the junction of the gila and colorado rivers was very kind to me and this evening colonel thorne came up with us we have been expecting this for some time 
Colonel Collins, Collier, the collector from San Francisco, treated us with great courtesy, and I shall reluctantly bid these gentlemen good-bye, and start across the desert with forty-six men half-mounted, one-quarter the rations we should have had, mules jaded, but the men, thank God, all in good health. October 17th. We went only two miles to our first camp, but today came twelve up the river, through a cottonwood bottom. On the road we heard that Captain Thorne had been drowned. The canoe in which he was making his last trip was capsized, and one of the Mexicans, who could not swim, seized him in such a manner that he could not shake him off, nor hold him so as to save him, and they went down together. So ends the life of an officer of distinction, whose quiet, gentlemanly manner won from me my admiration and good fellowship during the few hours of intercourse we had enjoyed. We passed one or two Indian huts, all Yumas. They were scarcely friendly, and our trading was very limited. I saw three about to cross the river here, like the Ohio, when it has low banks, but muddy. They had a float of dried rushes on which they put their few garments. The two men stripped without hesitation, but the squaw seemed a good deal put out at our presence. She commenced undoing her serape two or three times. Eventually, with a laugh and joke with her companions, she waded into the muddy stream until the water nearly touched her garment, and then, with great rapidity and grace, removed it, the same instant sinking into the water so quickly that her person was not in the least exposed, and she swam the river fully as rapidly as her associates. October 18th. We camped a few miles further on, with nothing for our horses, and morning saw us tramping over dust and sand to the sand hills twelve miles distant. When we reached them, I mounted one of them to see how our road lay. Immediately the rolling sand hills of the Carolina coasts were brought to mind. There was not a tree to be seen, nor the least sign of vegetation, and the sun pouring down on us made our journey seem twice the length it really was. No date. We encamped at the wells, Cook's Wells, and started out at two in the morning to go thirty-six miles to the next grass, having given our animals a good feed of mesquite beans, which we found in great abundance about five miles below us. We went on well until we came to the lagoons, and truly here was a scene of desolation. Broken wagons, dead, shriveled-up cattle, horses and mules as well, lay baking in the sun around the dried-up wells that had been opened in the hopes of getting water. Not a blade of grass or green thing of any kind relieved the monotony of the parched, ash-colored earth, and the most melancholy scene presented itself that I have seen since I left the Rio Grande. We turned to our road at twelve o'clock, the sun blazing down on us, and expecting to go nine miles more without water. I feared the mules would never do it, but about two miles further on we came to good water, and after a short rest, on we went for seven more, when we found shade and a good supper, for the sergeant's guard here had killed a wild cow and made us a present of part of it. The thirty-six miles had been made, and the worst part of the road was passed. No date. Here we stayed one day to wait for some of our party, who had waited, hoping to purchase provisions. They were sorely jaded, but had not lost a mule when they rejoined us. 
Leaving them to rest, I went to Colonel Collins' camp for fifty pounds of biscuit and some rice, and we then took the way west, for the next water hole, our horses loaded with grass, which, as it had been good, we had taken the precaution to secure before we started at four o'clock. No date. We camped at a pretty lake, shallow but clear, and good to drink. At the back was one of those peculiar rocky mountains so common in this country, and I made an outline of it. Some wagoners killed an ox, but to me it was uneatable, so I turned in as usual on bread and beans, and the luxury of a cup of tea. Bachman lost his mules here, and he and Walsh stayed until daylight, the rest of us leaving much earlier. I have felt rather anxious about Bachman, as he is not strong." October 23rd, San Felipe. Three days of sunny road and three nights of freezing cold have brought us to San Felipe, and a pretty valley it is, but no water, and no wood of any consequence. Still, there is enough for travelers' purposes, and the sight of the trees gave us great pleasure after the dearth of vegetation through which we have been passing. We find no food here, and most of the company have gone to Santa Isabella, a rancho fifteen miles distant, where they expect to get all we want. San Felipe, October 24th. My own mules, having been more heavily laden than the average, were very tired, and I have stayed here, leaving Mess 6, consisting of Joseph Lambert, Ayers, Weed, and Steel, five miles behind to wait for Bachman and Walsh. The rest started with John Stevens in charge for Santa Isabella. I ascended the first hill and had a view of the long rows of cottonwoods bordering the irrigating ditches of the once highly cultivated but now deserted mission grounds. Desolation reigned everywhere, decayed stumps of gigantic trees planted by hand, indications of shrines from the clumps of beautiful cedars by which they are so frequently surrounded, and other tokens of industry told of the comfort that had formerly been enjoyed in this lovely valley. The hills to the east are all bare, but those to the west have many beautiful live oaks, running up the steep ravines that are between each sharp ridge. No date. As we rode up the valley, entering the mountains, the contrast between the scene before us and the desert we had just left was like coming into paradise, and we trotted along the banks of a clear little brook and sauntered on through patches of wild sage and wild oats, the first we had seen with real pleasure. As we reached the top of the ridge, one of those beautiful natural parks, to be seen only in our southern latitudes, was before us, and we had the first glimpse of what might be called California. The pleasure I felt then is, and will be, a lasting one. Passing the dividing line, we began our descent following another stream, adorned on both sides with the most magnificent California oaks and sycamores, not so excessively large, but of splendid form and broad-spreading shade and foliage, in full tropical luxuriance. At sundown, far down the valley of Santa Maria, we rejoined our camp and found all well, and Mr. Browning treated me to a pound or two of most delicious grapes. They tasted so refreshing and delicious that for a few minutes I forgot everything else, all my anxieties for the termination of our long and tedious journey with the attendant troubles and difficulties seemed smoothed over. No date. 
we arrived today at santa maria itself twenty miles further on our way really enjoying our march through this beautiful valley san diego mission november third we spent the night at santa maria and then left for san diego the country contains many lovely valleys and some of the hills are beautiful and richly covered with wild oats possessing all but water and wood to make it a most desirable land for the farmer at sundown we reached the mission of san diego once evidently beautiful and comfortable its gardens still contain many palms olives and grapes and no doubt the plain below when irrigated must have been most productive we found an american soldier in charge and as the last reflection of sunlight tipped the waves of the pacific ocean with gold and the sullen roar of the breakers borne in on the last of the sea breeze for that day came to my ears tired and sad i sat on the tiled edge of the long piazza leaning against one of the brick pillars in a most melancholy mood i could remain here a long time musing on what is before me realizing in the desertion of all about me that all things mortal pass but it is necessary to continue our journey as we are six miles from anything to eat and we know that two long hours will be requisite to get over the distance so we must go san diego november fourth mr browning on his fine horse yures led the way and i came close at his heels on my favorite mule nine o'clock brought us to this town no hotel nor boarding-house so we went to the quartermaster lieutenant murray to leave our things and find a place to put our horses he received us most kindly his wife setting before us some excellent venison and the first real bread and butter we had seen since we left new orleans to all of which we did complete justice the lieutenant apologized for not giving me a bed following this up by the presentation of a pillow and regrets that he could do nothing better than this and his floor i had my blankets and was soon comfortably asleep under the first roof i had slept under since we parted from jesus maria lieutenant ord lay next me and this morning left for the steamer bound for san francisco and i went to the office for letters but found none so set to work to get provisions ready for the company five miles from san diego is the bay beautiful enough on one side but opposite are long islands of flat land and the view ends in distant hills far below no doubt the coastline here i saw many old acquaintances among the birds the brown pelican wheels and plunges for his prey as on the gulf of mexico turns curlews the long-billed the california black-bellied plover and great numbers of the horned grebe i killed two of them and left them with mr murray as i carried my gun when i went to the fort for our provisions which were stored in old hide warehouses the traffic in hides and jerked beef has been for many years the great industry at this place i rode on to our camp in the rain the first we had had for some weeks and though now cold and chilling us to the bone we would have given worlds for it a short time previously whilst crossing the dreary desert End of chapter five